When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sift Spoil for Ad Astra. We're going to talk about all the spoilers uh, for the movie. So in case you haven't seen it, you might want to go away. They all die. Uh, we're going to be talking about hanging threads, romances, jokes, Easter eggs, cameos, deaths, resurrections, and post-credit sequences uh, are some of the things we might talk about. Um, so yeah, why don't you start, Andrew? Because I know you wanted to point out some specific scenes, things that emphasize... Why, like the space baboons. We can start there, because I know you hate it. Is I that your this. least favorite scene in the movie? Yes. Okay, so basically on the way to Neptune, there's a you know a distress call, and, and space baboons have eaten the, the crew. So t- tell me about what your, what your problem with this is. So I understand. Like, I get why there are... <laughs> you can't even say it. Because <laughs> it's so stupid. I understand... What they're from researching. A, they're research animals, baboons yeah. in space. I yes. get that. And then they ran out of food or something, and the baboons started eating the crew. Um, well, I think I think the the baboons just got loose, and they couldn't, you yeah. know. That scene was pretty incredible, though. Like, Was it? Yeah, it really was. It was so stupid. I don't know. I thought I found it. And of course, the the importance of that scene in the movie is that we're learning about how nothing like uh, nothing gets under Brad Pitt's character skin, like his heart rate just stays steady, stays low, even when a space baboon is eating, uh, you know, another crew member uh, hand first, apparently, and hand and nose, uh, which I think is pretty accurate. I think that's actually what they go for. Go for those appendages. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, I, that's the point of the scene is that he handles. It's the same point of the scene uh, later, earlier, later. I think Where later, what? later, because it's the landing on Mars, the landing scene oh, on Mars. Oh yeah, because the uh, the major lieutenant or whatever was Panics. too yeah yeah flustered yeah, and just the way he handles that is just so steady. Yeah. And again, those scenes all set up. How when he actually isn't steady and he does elevate his heart rate is when he starts to try to reconcile his father, you know, his relationship yeah. with his father, who his father is and the microphone scene where he's trying to send a message, which that was a very uh, prayer oriented scene to me. Like it's almost him praying to his father. And what's interesting is somebody who's grown up in a prayer based faith. The idea of liturgical prayers, which was his first written, you know, uh, statement you know, talking to his father. And then the second one was more conversational prayer. Yeah. And I don't know, that just kind of really popped out at me. That was the first time I really started thinking about that metaphor was during that scene. Um, And just kind of how so much of what's happening here feels like, you know, prayer and to a higher power and those kind of things. Yeah. So anyways, I kind of, Stole stole us away from the baboons, but oh yeah, that's what we were talking about <laughs> space baboons. Okay, so can you understand what I'm saying about this level of ridiculousness 
you mentioned the space bad. Why is it ridiculous? I don't understand why it's ridiculous. Space baboons. But they had they took baboons into space. Yeah. To study. Like what how is that ridiculous? That's not ridiculous. Because if you're talking about commercialization for a uh of the solar system, uh-huh. we are beyond having animals in space. Or a need to have but research. But not deep space. It wasn't deep space. They it wasn't deep even, space. It was on the way to Neptune. It was on the way to Mars. It was on the way to Mars? Yeah. I think, remember, it was, I think it was on the way to Neptune. It can't be on the way to Neptune because the captain was eaten by the baboon and the major had trouble landing on Mars. Remember? The major who replaced the captain who just got eaten by the baboon. Yes, that is correct. I know I'm right. Yeah, I think you're right. So, how did the others... Oh, he snuck on the Neptune rocket. And that's what I was talking about, slapstick. Remember I was talking about how... That wasn't slapstick? As soon as the rocket thrust... That was terrifying! It was so stupid. You know, this. I think this is a really good example of mindset and how it impacts us. I was so into this movie. I found that tense and terrifying and... Like the, the tension really worked for me, and I think maybe because you weren't into this movie, you, you know, for you it was just ridiculous and yeah. slapstick. And here's why it was slapstick. Nobody tripped over anything. Every single death <laughs> it was a Dick on Van Dyke tripping over an single, ottoman. Every single death uh, from him getting sneaking on that ship, yeah, was accidental. There was never a an intentional death. Well, right, because we didn't want him to kill people, like you know. But the fact that they all killed themselves is so stupid. But it all happened because of the same thing, pretty much. The first they lady... took a shot at him. That shot hit a canister that had point, you know, had the some sort of gas The first lady died it. because the rocket thrusters started, and she got slammed into... Okay. That's, but that's not slapstick. That, that would happen. It, it, no. <laughs> and then uh, the other guy shot the canister. She didn't, she didn't slip on a banana peel. The other guy shot the canister that <laughs> yeah, poisoned everybody. and that everybody. killed them. Both yeah. of them, yeah. That's it, <laughs> stupid. That's <laughs> I totally so disagree. But that's okay. That's yeah. okay. I really do think it's a mindset thing. The truth is probably somewhere in between us, I'm guessing. Probably. But, uh, but yeah, it's it def- I definitely wasn't in that mindset Set. I would never have called that scene slapstick. Yeah. Um, what did you think about here? Here's uh, unimportant characters. I had a, there was a plethora of them in this. Well, there's movie. a difference between unimportant and temporary. But continue. Donald Sutherland, very unimportant. Except that again, he's representing something <clears throat> about the relationship, about giving information. <clears throat> there's almost a priest element to the Donald Sutherland character uh, that is helping McBride deal with his relationship with his father, who he really was. He's giving him, you know, more information. He's kind of connecting him, you know, the dots because he's more from his father's generation. Yeah. Like he's almost a, a, a father stand in, like he's a father figure stand in for him. And we get the sense that he has been before, which again is a very priestly idea. You know, the priest kind of stands in, in the Catholic church as you know, God in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, so I think that was, for me, that was his role and that was his purpose. Yeah. So um, I'm going to disagree, but I'm not. <laughs> that's fine. No, yeah. as with a lot of this, that's, that's yeah. totally fine. Um, the mindset of Brad Pitt fluctuates so much in this movie on his feelings towards his father that for me, it was jarring to go from him saying, my father is a hero. 
to my father's a traitor to the next scene my father's a hero and the heat going back and forth on that i mean that's definitely the point of the movie is I know him trying to point, figure that out yeah but i for me it was never i never saw a moment where he learned something about his father and then that influenced his changing of mind it's it's the letting go moment that i mean it's supposed to be at least is the moment where it, where he lands and again a lot of this is informed by kind of the metaphorical layer that i put over this and i'm not even i don't even know if it's intentional metaphors are weird like that it may not have even been something they thought about it may just be that we that you know personally i uh you know i saw it i don't know but uh the idea of letting go of his father was him saying (laughs) that this this image he has of his father is not the important thing the important thing for him is to be able to find beauty apart from who his father was. Yeah. So the idea there's there's this thing he says towards the end about the discoveries that his father was making that that he missed the beauty of what he did because the the, the father character by the way Tommy Lee Jones whose name we haven't mentioned until now um, oh, yeah. you know playing playing this character but this this father character the motivation in the story proper is he wants to find alien life. And he's so distracted by the fact that he didn't find alien life that the son is saying he missed all these beautiful planets that he discovered because, you know, can't, it was kind of can't see the forest for the trees yeah. you know, kind of thing. And I have heard specifically uh, atheists talk about that idea of, you know, you don't need a God to see the world as a beautiful thing. You can look around and see beauty uh, without that. And sometimes the what they see in people of faith is missing the forest for the trees, is thinking that it's it has to be because there's a God that things are beautiful. And, yeah. you know, you can't you can't look at, uh, you know, you can't look at that sunset and tell me there's not a God. You know what I mean? That kind of that kind of idea. Yeah. And so I think the movie is kind of wrestling with the idea of what fathers mean what god means you know and can uh can that be let go of uh and so i think that's supposed to be the resolution of that um turmoil in his life is when he lets go yeah and then after that he's he's content i gotta look up her name is it ruth nega there we go. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I, I, I was, love Ruth Nega. I yeah. was going to ask you guys about her because I don't. That's another name I don't think has come up yet. Like yeah. she, how much is she in the movie? Uh, not much. Yeah. No, yeah. not much at all. Uh, her role primarily in the story is uh, to get him on the Neptune uh, ship and to also be part of his journey of reconciling his father. Because she is telling him about that. Basically, her his dad killed her parents because her parents were on that uh trip with him yeah lima project or lima 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 project or whatever um so you know and again i was all i was in full headspace metaphor by that point and to me it's it's the person saying people with your faith have killed people for believing differently than them have killed but you know like that kind of idea of i could never be this faith because i've seen what that does to people right. you know kind of idea so uh issue with her scene is the fact that this entire movie brad pitt has been on this need to know basis yet this woman who is not even a high up official 
She's even being told by others, you don't have clearance for this. You know, you can't you can't come in here. She somehow has access to classified files to give Brad Pitt about his father in the Lima Project, which are supposedly top secret. So how does she have access to give to him these files? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. This movie's awful. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Well, it doesn't mean it's not possible. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm joking. Yeah. But, um... Do you remember when I said that I felt this movie was open-ended on its ending? Oh, yeah, yeah, Tell me about that. I think the movie is open-ended on the fact that you can decide whether or not Tommy Lee Jones was actually there or not. Or if really? that was all a hallucination. Tell me why. I, don't, I, I mean, I can understand. I mean, again, I was looking for that possible interpretation, but I don't think the movie ever hints that he's not. I think the fact that... Um, on his way from Mars to Neptune, he's not in any type of cryogenic sleep or anything. Sure. He's going crazy, being alone, and doing nothing for, what was it, 72 days? or sure. Like, an insane amount of time. Yeah. So, I think that by that time, his mental faculties are compromised, so we can't take anything he is seeing for truth. And the fact that he, okay, <clears throat> sorry. But the movie's not <clears throat> saying that. The movie's not indicating anything to us in any way that that might be the case. I think it I, is. I think I think it might be the case only in that, of course, it could be the case. If you're but, going on for your religious metaphor, then it definitely is how it's open-ended whether God is real or not. Well, I'm not sure the movie intends for it to be open-ended. I, I think the movie may be about letting go of the idea of God being real. So, so if or God being important, I should say. Okay, so I I can come at this from two different ways. If the movie is telling me Tommy Lee Jones' character is alive and that Brad Pitt actually finds him near I, Neptune, that's the only interpretation I came away with. Then I think that the movie is ridiculous. Okay, on the simple fact that Tommy Lee Jones has been surviving, we don't know how. There's there's so many unanswered questions. Well, about- that's true. The the movie doesn't attempt to answer the scientific questions of how are we doing that much travel in that quick of a time. Yes. Uh, and how are people surviving? I mean, I guess the closest it comes to trying to answering that is the stomach tube. Yeah. The idea that the there's internal feeding going on. But for 16 years, you know. I, I don't know. The movie doesn't yeah. address it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, if I come at this movie from the mindset that Tommy Lee Jones is real, then I think that the movie just falls flat on everything that it's wanting to tell me. Because okay. there is no ca- there is no catharsis between Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones. I feel no, there I don't, is. It's the letting go. I don't think that that's any. I don't think that that's letting go is anything. How am I going to say this? I didn't, no, it's fine. I mean, yeah. it could just be a matter of it impacted me one way and you in a different well, way, or it didn't I, impact you at all. Yeah, it didn't impact me at all because I didn't feel like it was earned, if that makes sense. And if I come at this from I understand another, what you're saying. If sure. I come at this from another standpoint of thinking that this is all in Brad Pitt's mind, in that Tommy Lee Jones wasn't there and that it was all in his head, then then nothing else. Then it's also not earned. 
Well, that doesn't make sense to me. I, I, again, I'm, I'm not seeing both as, as possible. I can't, I don't understand the Tommy Lee Jones not being real, how that would be possible. I think that for me is just more realistic because the thought of him traveling through space for this amount of time, and since there are so many unanswered or unanswered questions about the, you know, the science of how we do this, unaddressed, yeah. yeah, that the thought of Tommy Lee Jones being alive and that him finding his father traveling from earth to neptune and being out of the range of the sun so everything is you know finding him is trying to find a needle in a stack of needles you know Mm -hmm. and the fact that he finds him and his dad is the only one there and that it's just him and his dad that is so ridiculous and far-fetched for me interesting that i find that this all being in his mind and that him you know, trying to cathartically deal with this mentally, because mm-hmm. since he can't do it, you know, actually, is more believable to me than him actually being there. Okay. But at the same time, if that's the case, then I think that the movie falls short on any message of if he wasn't really there, then this whole journey was for naught. I'll state once again, just because I disagree, I'll, sure. state, I'll state once again, I think the movie clearly is telling a, a literal story. I don't think it ever indicates that, because again, I, I thought that it might go there, and I just never felt it go there. And I did. So, so, um, so another possible disagreement. Exactly. I also, uh, the other uh, <clears throat> metaphorical thing I noticed in that uh, scene where he meets his father is how... Uh, he is standing below, oh, and, his, and yeah. his, his dad is above. And this goes either way. This this isn't this doesn't just apply to the this interest this weird you know religious meta faith metaphor I put it can on be this. A father, it's a, a father, father literal, literal father looking son up thing, to your father. looking up to your father. And then by the time he uh, he gets up on equal footing with his father, their dynamic has changed. Like their relationship has changed in some interesting ways. Um, so I found that the way that scene was blocked was really really interesting to me. So. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed that as well. I don't really have anything uh, other to mention. I think we've kind of covered the things we wanted to cover in spoilers. Um, One of the uh, quote-unquote action scenes I actually thought was kind of okay was the moon pirates. I was going to say, man, you got to love moon pirates, man. Although, have you, you seen this, Phil? No, I, I'm yeah. going to go see it either tonight or tomorrow night. So we're talking about space baboons and moon pirates. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous. It, it does. does. But... Thank you. It sounds ridiculous. But it's not. But, but it's... I'm going to hold my opinion until I watch it. <laughs> it's a movie that really wants to be 2001 A Space Odyssey. I tell you what, I really loved the uh, opening scene. Um, did you dig that? The the huge antenna? The space oh, antenna? Yeah. No. The perspective on it was fascinating to me. The idea that we had built this antenna that literally was in space but connected to the ground yeah. was mind-blowing to me. Which is physically impossible. But but, I, but the movie kind of... Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is, but I, I believed it. I believed that it was possible based on what I saw in the movie. Well, we've even had discussions about how skyscrapers can't be past a certain, you know, height because of the weight. It just can't support itself. Well, right. But the way the base of this thing was also apparently, you know, 100 miles wide or whatever. the case, You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that I don't know. It, I, I, it looked possible to me. And I guess that was enough. <laughs> Yeah. But I really enjoyed, again, another scene that's meant to emphasize how nothing impacts him. And the movie starts off with the words near future. 
nothing about this seems near. It all seems it all beyond depends, my man. Life, past Techno- my life. Again, uh, advanced artificial intelligence can change things in a heartbeat. You know, if they if if we do artificial super intelligence that actually cares about human life, um, not happening. That that could happen. So they're not going to care about us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is that will determine whether we are extinct or eternal. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. There's our uh, spoiler thoughts on yep. Ad Astra, and uh, I, for one, am glad we have disagreed uh, over the last few weeks. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this is quite a disagreement, though. This is like both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, I never want to see this movie again. I'm mm. excited to see it again for sure. <laughs> Cannot wait. All right, we will catch you next week. Uh, not sure whether we'll be doing spoilers on the laundromat or not. Probably not. I'm guessing, but we'll, we'll find see. Out. We'll find out next week. We'll catch you then, guys. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.